father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? Precious. The Lord of the Rings and Star Wars Encyclopodcast, where we waste time on fictional wikis. I'm Ryan. And I'm Joanna. So, good news for New Zealand, Ryan. Yeah? Part of the Lord of the Rings series will be filmed in Auckland. Sh-sh-sh-shocking yeah. development. Now, like, some of the articles just to get through, the headlines will make it seem like the whole thing's being filmed in Auckland, because that's like a bigger story. But no, there's still a lot that's being filmed in Scotland, and probably various other places. Mm-hmm. So, take it with a grain of salt. As you should with every garbage piece of news on the garbage internet. So you start with a piece of garbage news. No, it's not garbage. It's good, good for Auckland, maybe. Like, for their economy, for their actors, surely. Sounds like some other freaking clickbait to me, baby. Oh, uh, that's all you get. I mean, Lord of the Rings Star Wars news is that. It is the clickbait. It is well, yeah, for clicks. My Star Wars news is another Mark Hamill news. It always is every week. He's now, just tweeting. Maybe you didn't know this, but Mark Hamill didn't just play Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. No? He, he played one of the aliens. What? It was probably my favorite probably my favorite alien in the in the movie, The Last Jedi. Um he plays the little alien that thinks BB eight is a slot machine and starts shoving coins in him. Oh my god wait, but Bob Camel isn't little. Well, he did the voice for his name is uh Dabuske. Dabuske? Yeah, and apparently he was credited as doing the motion capture for motion capture for him as well. But and so Mark, Mark Hamill said this, It is commonly mistakenly reported that I only did the voice of Dabu Skei, but I filmed the scene in a full motion capture suit with a giant-sized medicine ball to make me the same size as BB-8. I didn't expect to be credited, assuming it would just be another unbilled Easter egg. What? So, yeah. So, so he's not little. BB-8's just big? In the motion capture situation, he is. Wow, that alien's head's real big. Real large. Yeah, Dabuske is he's a little alien. I don't he's, know how Dabuske holds his he's head. He's wearing a little tuxedo. He's got a monocle. He's got some some uh, uh, some big old sideburns on his head. He's great. He's like alien that shoves coins into BB-8, who later uses those coins to shoot them at people. But that's Mark Hamill? But that's Mark Hamill. Pretending to be little? Yeah. Wow. News. News to me. Mark Hamill News. once pretended to be little. Did you know? He was just acting regular size. He made he got a BB-8 size medicine ball to be. When I think for of a medicine scale. ball, I think of like gym class. I don't think of a medicine ball that's like eight feet tall. Yeah, that's a bit. I don't know if that's a medicine ball at that point. I don't know if that counts as a medicine ball. Mark Hamill, are you thinking of a hot air balloon? A quick question. That is different from a medicine ball. Why do you think they call it a medicine ball? Are they full of medicine? No, I think it's because if you get hit by it, you need to take medicine. If you get hit by a medicine ball. Yeah. Or if you're in pain and the medicine ball strikes you and kills you, that's the ultimate medicine because you will not be in pain ever again. Like when I was little, I thought it was just because it was so heavy because it was full of medicine. It was like, why don't they take like the medicine pills? out? Yeah. Like, like what? Like children's Tylenol? Yeah, yeah. So they'd roll it around and be full of like chock full of pills. Maybe it's named after like Charles Medicine or something like that. That would be my guess. That's a bad guess. But if you know what the story of a medicine ball is... Let us know. Email us, what's like superspressures at gmail.com. Tell us what a medicine ball means. I'm not going to look it up. Nah, I adamantly refuse. I refuse on principle. So, Ryan, do you know who today's subject Figwit is? I do, actually, because you've pointed him out to me when watching the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah, he's a background elf in Fellowship of the Ring. He's a handsome boy. And his name is not actually his name. 
He doesn't actually have a name. Well, Figwit is not a, his name. That is a fan-created name for him. Yes. Yes, it is. Because he is an unnamed character with zero speaking lines. But let me back up. For those of you who don't know, Figwit was a major Lord of the Rings fandom phenomenon back in the early 2000s. I mean, he took off in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. If you weren't on the internet then, well, I mean, maybe, or if you weren't alive. You're a literal baby then. If you're baby a should listen infant, to this podcast. Then don't listen to this because we say shit words. So that's, you know, for, just want to start from there. Go coop your diapers about it, babies. No. Let's start from the beginning, all right? So let's get into the origins of our boy Figwit, a.k.a. an unnamed elf in the background in one scene in the Fellowship of the Ring. Okay, so in the late 90s slash early 2000s, when The Lord of the Rings was being filmed in New Zealand, a 26-year-old musician and Wellington native named Brett was cajoled by his girlfriend into joining the cast of the film as an extra. Of course. Brett was cast as a Rivendell elf with no speaking lines who stands in the background at the Council of Elrond. Wearing a long brown wig and a set of brown robes, for most people he was the definition of indistinguishable. Here is a picture of Brett as he appeared in the Fellowship of the Ring. Yep, I know him. Right, I know. You know this dude. Maybe some people don't know this dude. So for people who don't know this dude... Everyone everyone can see the picture you just showed us. She flashed it on your screen. For their benefit... Please describe Brett's character, right? So what does he look like? What sort of personality do you think is being conveyed here? Like, where did he come from? What is his role in Rivendell? Right. What do you think? So Figwit is an elf with brown hair. He's got a brown uh, sort of robe on. Underneath are more brown robes. He's a very brown looking guy. He's just brown. His face is very solemn and concerned looking. Uh, you might call it a brown expression if I had to describe it. He's just, a, I think his personality is brown. Yeah, he's just a brown man. He, he's a he's a he's a brown elf, um, but not in like a poopy way. Just just brown. No, no poop. It's not poop brown. Nothing here is poop brown. If your poop is this color, then see a doctor because it's yeah. it's very like light silvery natural sylvan elf brown. So if I were to describe Figwit, and I didn't have a name for him, I call him Brownie Brown the Brown Elf. Brownie Brown the Brown Elf. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Well, whatever your answer would have been, it'd be brown. It would be brown. I guarantee that you have thought about it just now more than this fellow Brett ever did. You know, I bet he did. Th- I think feel like if you're an extra in a fantasy movie like this, I feel like it's almost imperative upon you that you come up with a cool backstory in your head. You think like, he did? I have not read that he did. I'm just saying, like, if I was in the background of, like, a big budget sci-fi movie or, like, you know, and I got to wear a crazy costume or something, I'd want to think, like, so why is my guy here? Like, if I was, like, a, if I was, like an alien in the most Eisley cantina, I'd be like... What's my guy doing here? Even if it's never going to be on film, it's all going to be in my head, you know. I mean, I think what he's doing here, I think what he's doing here is listening to the Council of Elrond and looking concerned. Yeah, yeah, but he's also maybe thinking in the back of his head, like, I remember closing my garage door on the way out today. Hmm, I got to pick the kids up from elf soccer practice after this. Gee whiz, like, I just got so much on my mind right now, like about the the big merger coming up. Mm, and like, I know I've been neglecting Deborah lately. We haven't done date night in a while. Yeah. And this is really concerning stuff, but like, really, I have some personal issues I'm also thinking about at the same time. Or I could just be thinking like, man, I wonder what would happen if a dog was the president. I bet... They, he would be electable if he could play basketball. Like, there's nothing in the rules that say a dog can't play basketball. It's so facto. The there's nothing in the rules that say a dog can't be the president. And I wonder if I could be his vice president. 
I'd be a good vice president now that I think about it. You know? And I think I could take president out for walkies and it'd be really good. And I'd make them little booties that would be like little basketball shoes, except I'd make them brown because brown is my favorite color. And we, That's one thing people know about me. Yeah, the dog could probably be brown too. President Dog and I. And um, yeah, we'd be like best friends probably. And... I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked. This 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 hobbit's talking. What's going on? I don't know. Yeah. I just like, look concerned. <laughs> yeah. As I said, I don't know that Brett was thinking that anything okay. like that. Um, uh, he definitely wasn't thinking as much about it as a 23 year old Israeli student living in Britain named Iris Haddad. Iris Haddad. Iris Haddad. In 2002, while watching The Fellowship of the Ring, Iris noticed Brett's character standing in the background immediately after Frodo declares that he will take the ring to Mordor. There is a, here's a still shot of Brett's appearance, which is literally less than a second long. He is circled in red. Yep. He's in the very far right side. Gandalf is on the far, in the foreground. Boromir's in the middle. Everyone looks very, like, harumph. Now, as you say, he's on the very far right. In the full-screen version, he's actually cut off. He is in pain and scan. He does not make it. Okay. He does not make the cut. No. Um, now, was, was she watching this in the theater when she noticed him, or was it at home on, on DVD? I couldn't determine, but I think it was at home on DVD. So she could, like, say, whoa, whoa, whoa let's roll that footage back. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom, enhance. Let's watch Brett's character in action so we can see what Iris saw. Okay. I mean, I've seen this. No, you need to, like, fully experience it. I need to see it. through Iris's eyes, huh? Through Iris's irises. Yes. Through the irises of Iris. Dwarves are arguing. Gandalf's like these kids, I tell you what. They're all but screaming for a the, the ring. ring. Ring's giving him a real spooky look. I mean, Ring's doesn't give him any, it's not giving anyone looks. Oh, no, just wait. Just wait. It gives him a, a stink eye. It's whispering sweet nothings to Frodo. There's men arguing. Boromir's yelling at Gandalf now. The ring, the ring is that's full of, the stink eye. Oh, it's full of fire. It's full of fire. It's probably fairly, like, methanous. <gasps> Frodo says, shut up, everybody. I will take uh, it. Figwood is arguing. Figwood is arguing with other other elves. You could see I'm him. I'm pretty sure he was just saying Rutabaga, Rutabaga. Maybe. No, a dog could or be no, president. I don't know. I think it's Rutabaga. The There's Figwood. Oh, everyone's looking very impressed at Mr. Frodo for being a brave little guy. And he doesn't even know the way. Can you believe it? Is Figwit on screen anymore? Nope. That's it. That's it for Figwit. So he's in a scene where he's fighting with other elves, and one where he kind of looks like amazed at Frodo. Yes. So we can um, uh, deduce that Figwit must have some skin in this game, and must have like an actual position on whether or not the ring should be taken to Mordor, or he's who pr- should do yeah, it. Yeah, he's like fairly high rank, right? Yeah, I mean, he must be, but we we don't know what that position might be. He's the uh, Rivendell. Uh, he's the Rivendell Comptroller. He actually, well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Okay. He, he's actually like, not too far off. He's the dog catcher. In a way of speaking, but we will get the dog catcher. That's where he gets all his ideas. He's the attorney's general. He's, yeah. All right. So, um, Iris, uh, 
became infatuated with Brett's background elf and immediately contacted her friend, 31-year-old Sherry DeAndres, and learned that Sherry was similarly smitten with the character. No way. How did they both notice the same extra? They both noticed the same extra, and they weren't even alone. They weren't even they alone. Were, they were independently No, I can't guarantee that Iris wasn't like, hey, look at the DVD and look at the student in the background, and Sherry wasn't like, oh my god, I didn't notice him before, but you're right. Zoom, enhance, like prince. Iris, Iris might have turned her on to that. Yeah. Uh, like a good friend does. But discussing the elf online, Iris and Sherry named him Figwit, which stands for Frodo is great. Great. Who is that? And that's exactly what she said out loud when yeah. she noticed him. These were apparently Iris's exact thoughts as she watched this scene and noticed Brett standing in the background for the first time. And her eyes went auga, and her eyes her, popped her out of her head. Her eyes went auga. <laughs> well, her mouth went auga. Not her mouth, her eyes. Well, her eyes popped out of her head cartoonishly, and her mouth went auga, and her eyes went wow wow wow, and her heart popped out of her chest. And she, and she was stamping her feet on the ground like a like a like a like a wolf scratching like, an itch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was just that was great. Who is that? Auga. Now, partly in jest, Iris and Sherry launched a Figwit fan site www.figwitlives.net because I guess figwitlives.com was taken I don't know <laughs> and that's a joke on, on Frodo lives right yes yes it is the old, the old badges of well the hippies well done yes okay. it is now this site still exists today if anyone is interested in seeing it the landing page features a picture of Brett as a figwit and describes him thusly some say he can't speak Others say he simply chooses not to. Some say he is Legolas's companion. Others say he is his arch enemy. Some think he looks like a horse. Others have impeccable taste. <laughs> By the way, as well, you may he- have guessed, the reason some say Figwick can't speak is that he has literally no speaking lines. But you see him arguing in the background. And you see no- him moving his mouth. Maybe he's, no words are coming out? Yeah. I, I feel like he would be arguing, though. You think? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just begging for a toilet break. That council is very, very, very long. He's an elf. He can hold it. Now, in an FAQ entitled, Who is Figwit? Iris and Sherry further state that he is, in a word, gorgeous. Or in another, stunning. Or another, enigmatic. Or another, hypnotic. Or another, stupendous. Or another, captivating. We go with all of these and then some. So this this is a kind of a, a half joking website, but you can tell these girls are they're kind of they're getting a little bit hot and bothered. They about do Figwit. think he's pretty fine. They yeah. do think he's pretty fine. Meanwhile, Tolkien Gateway, our objective source, states, "quote Figwit is a concept. He's <laughs> just an idea. <laughs> and just I, an idea. And no one can kill ideas. <laughs> More specifically, Figwit is a concept which has only appeared in an adaptation of the works of J.R.R. Tolkien." Now, I don't know if the writer turned him from a person into a concept because they're trying to comment on the abstract, ephemeral nature of fictional characters, or just because their English sucks, but there you have it. Figwit is a concept, and we live in a society. It makes it more powerful than any other thing. It does. He cannot be killed. You can't kill an idea. No, you can't. Now, anyway, Iris and Sherry were soon flooded with messages from other Lord of the Rings fans who thought they were alone in their love of the most minorist of minor characters. There's more of them. They also got a few pieces of hate mail, which they posted on their site, and which I'll read now, much against my better judgment, because... If these messages don't give you PTSD flashbacks to 8th grade, then you're either soulless or you weren't born yet in 2003, in which case, as I said, don't listen to our podcast. Again, say bitch. babies, go poop yourself some more about it. All right, so here's one message. Yep. What kind of name is Figwit anyway? And he's in the entire trilogy for three seconds and I don't get you. No one is better than our baby Legolas. He's so hot and he's so much more talented and amazing than an elf that no one really knows anything about. I'm sorry if this email is rude to you, but you have got to listen, okay? Okay. Sorry once again, but it just makes me so mad. Urgh! So were they expecting them to take figwitlives.net down, down and Take it down. replace it with, with Delete your account. Legolas's 
bay.org or whatever. Your like, account is canceled. Yeah. Here's another one. This is S. Star, 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 star. I think they just don't want to use their full name, but it looks like they're saying this is shit Shitty. Greenleaf. Yeah. This is shit Greenleaf. Legolas's wife and D star, 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 half elven. Again, I think that they're damn. trying. <laughs> damn half elven. Dick half elven. So shit Greenleaf, Legolas's wife, and damn half elven have the following to say. Your site sucks because it makes of our Legolas. How dare you? You are so stupid. Figwit sucks. Oh, man. These guys getting some heat. Yes. But yes. why? He's so he's so innocuous. Because they were saying that Figwit was hotter than Legolas, oh. and you cannot say that. Now, question, did, did Brett find this website at the time? I think Brett was aware of this website, yes. I have reason to believe that. Okay. Um, because, well, I'll let you know in a few, but anyway, here's another message. Slightly, slightly more intelligently worded. But this is moronic. Setting aside the fact that Figwit was a mockery of the story as he wasn't a part of it, it is truly disgusting that all you can gather from this wonder of a book and glorious movie is that an extra is gorgeous. You people are pathetic and callous. Good day. So this person who's very fun at parties. um, Yeah, sounds like they're a blast. You are so (laughs) callous. I bet you watch the news and you don't even care when Palestinian children die. You are so callous. they described him as uh, was an insult to the original. He's or? a mockery of the story, as he wasn't part of it. So basically, any extra, any is, extra is a mockery. In the background is a mockery. You are only allowed to put people in movies who were directly mentioned in the book. Everything else has to be a virtual ghost town. And Tolkien didn't describe like a, a generically brown, handsome elf in the background he didn't fighting. Say, like a generically brown, handsome elf made a surprised face and turned slowly toward the camera. So that's a mockery. That's and a mockery. All those those piles of orcs and and men at all the major large they're scale not battles. To be there. They're like, a mockery. Like fifteen people total fought those I... batteries. Everything else is a a mockery. A mockery of the story. How dare you, you callous son of a gun! Yes. Now here's another one. I like this one because they they itemized it for oh, ease of reading. Good. So, I like I like an itemized list. Here we go. A. Brett is kind of cute and Figwit is okay. Dot dot dot. But give me a break. Oof. Ow. B. It's you morons that make it so Figwit has more fan sites than Sam. Ugh. C. Frodo is better looking than any elf could ever be. Legolas is almost there. Especially Figwit. Mm. D. You think Legolas is girly? If you haven't noticed, at least he wears pants, whereas Figwit only wears dresses. Now, we don't see him from the waist down. I think he might be wearing pants under his dress. He's not. He's going commando, oh, okay. Ryan. <laughs> he says, this is part of the lore. Oh, all right. This is part of the mythcraft. I see, I see. E, sorry if this offends you, but I have some major steam to blow off. Kitty face. Yeah. By the way, if you look at the bottom of this page, it says, quote, I adopted Sephiroth next to a little gif of Sephiroth with his hair blowing in the wind. Now again, guys, you might be too young for this. But this is peak, like, <laughs> yeah. 19, or sorry, 2000, whatever year. What, what this year? What? This was 2003. 2003 internet. And I just gotta say... Bold choice. Usually an itemized list is numbers. That's letters. They did letters. They itemized it by letters. That's that's a bold choice. Usually you see a a, a, a letterized list if it's like a acrostic poem or something, but no, no, no. Not this, not this chick. No. This chick is a discerning individual. She, this is not her first rodeo in terms of writing hate mail to random fan websites. Meowza. She this kitty's got claws. has brooded long and hard over how Figwit has more fan sites than Sam. And she's adopted Sephiroth. She's a mother, so... Well, no, 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 no. That... 
The person who adopted Sephiroth is Iris. Oh, I'm Who made this website. Oh, Iris did. Iris adopted Sephiroth. Iris also has another little icon at the bottom of this page. This is like, I was sorted into Gryffindor, sortinghat.com, oh, or something like yeah. that. Um, just like a whole slew of how many? Here. How many web rings are linked? My god. Like, I, I didn't actually look, but I'm sure it's got to be upwards of seven. That's a lot of that's a lot of web rings. A lot of web rings. A lot of web rings. So anyway, you might be wondering why I've dedicated this episode to a 15-year-old fan site that, while mildly popular at the time, had all the markings of being a flash in the pan. Because um, you're you're terminally online and have been ever since you were that age. Haven't we all been, Ryan? Haven't we all been? We don't have a choice. Now, the reason is that the whole Figwit thing kind of took off. And by took off, I mean it made it all the way to Peter Jackson. In fact, due to the admirers Figwit had drawn, Peter Jackson called Brett back for Return of the King, where he reprises his role. And this time, he's credited as Elf Escort. Oh, alright. He's in the scene where Arwen and a bunch of other elves are headed for the Grey Havens when Arwen has a vision of her son. So let's take a watch. So they filmed all these movies at once, right? Do they think they call him back for reshoots? They call him back. They must have called him back to add him. Oh man, it. yeah, Good yeah. Because I remember they wanted to put him in the two towers, but there was no way they could. Mm, not enough. Everything elves. was already filmed. Yeah. So, but anyway, here is uh, his big scene. Okay, he's got to turn the computer. Elrond, Arwen, having a vision. It was a vision of her son. Right. Right. Oh, he talks. He's not mute after He's all. He's not mute. He can speak. Lady Arwen must not delay. My lady. My lady. So this mean that Figwit went into the went into the West. Figwit, we can presume, went into the West. That's where Figwit they're all heading in the scene, right? Boarded one of Cirdan's ships and sailed into Valinor, where he lives now, forever young. Wow, so that, that's where they're heading, right? In that scene, they're, they're that's going, where they're going heading. to the ships, right? So Figwit made it. I mean, unless he went after Arwen, because he was kind of, like, put in charge of taking her to the ships, but maybe he just said, like, F it. My lady, I gotta say, voice of an angel. Figwit. Voice of an absolute, isn't it beautiful? It's beautiful. And he all, even puts, like, a slightly a slight roll of the tongue on Arwen. Mm-hmm. He's, it's because he's an elf. He's yeah. in character. He's been planning, he was, he was preparing for that role his whole life. Yes. At so, least ever since he was in the background of Fellowship 3. So by his whole life, we mean like a year. A few, yeah, a year. <laughs> so you'll notice that in addition to having a name, sort of, Figwit now has two lines, as we said, Lady Arwen, we cannot delay, and my lady. So this is obviously very exciting for Figwit fans. He's an elf escort. Yes. Does he do the girlfriend experience? He does the full girlfriend experience. He dresses up in a Japanese schoolgirl uniform mm. and lets you take him out for ice cream and calls you big brother. Figwit. Figwit. Mm. So if you think this is where Figwit's story ends, you are sadly mistaken because Figwit didn't just turn up again in the third movie. He also turned up in merchandise. He has a toy? Yes. Oh, he has multiple. So the name Figwit is used on several official Topps trading cards, oh. including... Uh, the Return of the King series card titled Return to Rivendell, and an authentic autographs card featuring Brett's signature. Cool. In the Lord of the Rings trading card game, Figwit was assigned the name of Agnor, one of Galadriel's brothers in the Silmarillion. So they kind of oh, made up their own okay. backstory They pulled some, some deep lore for that mm-hmm. one. Now, a Lego figurine and a Figwit action figure were also created. Cool. Though the action figure was named Elven Escort, as in yeah, the Yeah, but everyone's just going to call him Figwit. Here is the Figwit action figure. There he is going, My Lady Arwen. He looks very, yeah, he looks concerned. 
concerned. He's holding his he got his robe on. It's Cla- not a bad action figure. It's actually. pretty good. Yeah. Now Wikipedia notes also that Figuit has been a subject of poetry, art, and fiction. Can you guess what kind of fiction? The fan variety. Oh, of course. And so, maybe some filks. Yeah, maybe some. I, I need to look up Figuit filks. I was really remiss in my Figuit filks. Figuit filks. Filkwits. Filkwits. So he is a subject in slash fan fiction. Because of course he is, where he is named Mel Pomayan, a rough literal Elvis translation of fig and wit derived uh-huh. from Melpo, the Quenya word for fruit, and Mayan, the Noldoran word for clever or skilled. Clever. So he's fruit skilled. Yeah, like figwits. Yes. Now, in 2004, Brett's then-girlfriend produced a 57-minute documentary about Figwit, which follows Brett to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where he is approached by a number of Figwit fans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When asked about the popularity of the character, Brett said, quote, It's so hilarious because it's been propelled by so little. I'm famous for doing nothing. However, not long after the whole Figwit thing exploded, Brett became famous for doing something, because what I intentionally didn't tell our listeners, and what I actually didn't know myself until a few years ago, is that Brett is actually Brett McKenzie of Flight of the Concords fame. You You already knew that. I did know that. that. I did not know that. We've talked about this before, and I can't believe- I did not know that until a few years ago. I I always knew that Figwit was a thing, and then I went on a nostalgia trip and looked it up and found out that he was from Flight of the Concords, because when Figwit exploded, Flight of the Concords wasn't a thing yet like it hadn't started yet no 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 yeah it's Brett McKenzie yeah that's why his face is so, he's, he's that familiar baby face and he, yeah. grew, he grew a little beard for Flight of the Concords. yes um, but uh but yeah that's him now when very funny guy when Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement were first promoting Flight of the Concords, Brett was often approached by fans who knew him first and foremost as the figwit guy <laughs> so that was like the All first right. thing he was famous for even before Flight of the Concords took off so he's got, he kind of owes Iris a, a, a debt he owes her a huge debt this 23 year old Israeli exchange student yeah now one more note Brett once again reprised his role in The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey in which he was finally given an official name Lindir Lindir so Figwit slash Lindir even gets his own one on one scene with Elrond though it's only in the extended edition um, cool I managed to pull it up on YouTube though in this scene Figwit complains in Elvish that the dwarves are eating all the goddamn food and drinking <laughs> all the goddamn wine in Rivendell and he and Elrond then peep the dwarves playing around naked in an elven fountain Amazing. Yes, so let me show you this scene. I would love to see it. Oh, hold on. That's okay. So the kitchen's under a lot of strain. We are almost out of wine. You're speaking Elvish. You're right. How long do you think they'll be with us? That has yet to be decided, Elrond says. Lindir. Oh, look at those and messy dwarves. And the naked, dwarves playing grab ass in a fountain. Lindir looks oh, at Elrond. Like, ugh, how despicable. Yes. That's funny. It's Lindir's big scene. So is it supposed to be implied that that's the same elf that was at the Council of Elrond? Actually, and... that is uh, a, an item of some debate. Oh. Some people say, no, they're not the same character. Some people say, clearly they are. It's identical. In, in this role, it seems to be implied that Lindir is kind of like a... The butler, for lack of a better word. Um, he is the one who's in charge of running the household. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so he is kind of the comptroller of Rivendell. He is the comptroller. You were not far off. He's a man- right? city manager. Not remotely far off. Uh, so that's Figwit. Now, I did find a Figwit filk while you were talking. Oh, good. All right. So what's the tune? It's, it's to the tune of what? It's to the tune of Don't Cry For Me, Argentina from Evita. <laughs> it's called Don't Cry For Me, Figwit Baby. In parentheses, Legolas's theme from Silmarillion the Musical. Oh, that's right, because people uh, shipped them. Because of course they did. By uh, Keladine Brandybook. That's the author. 
So, uh, don't cry for me, Figwit baby. The truth is I will outlast you. I'm in the next film, and the one after. You'll have your moment, but hear my laughter. <gasps> so this is obviously a Legolas fan who was pretty tired of Figwit getting top billing on yep. certain corners of the internet. That was the chorus. I of... would like to argue, however, okay, so Figwit was not in the next film, but he was in the one after. I mean, to be fair. And he was also in The Hobbit. I mean, Legolas was too, but... Yeah, uh, badly, but yeah. So that's the that's the Legolas Filk I could find. Not Legolas, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh... Figwit Filk. Figwit Filk. Figwit Filk. There always is a Filk. People always be Filkin'. Now, I'm surprised there's not any, like... Maybe there probably is. I shouldn't say I'm surprised there's not, when there definitely is somewhere. Like, a, a, a Figwit, probably the Concords crossover thing, where they, like, make him in their songs or something. Oh, I'm... Well, actually. Actually, Ryan. Actually. But wait, there's more. Hold on. Now, this is not really, like... Figwit specifically. But I firmly believe that part of the reason this came out is uh, due to Brett's participation in the uh-huh. Lord of the Rings Yeah, Brett McKenzie. Who are the guys? I've seen this one. <laughs> Figwit with a beard and a guitar? Hello? Dressed as a hobbit? Excuse me? <laughs> I don't remember this part. This is funny. <laughs> He's wearing the blonde wig now. Good Gimli on yeah. guitar. He's playing his axe. <laughs> it says Flight of the Concords, Frodo, don't wear the ring. seen it by yes. the concords it's very good cool i don't know lots about figwit mm-hmm. now how do you fall on the figwit train back then when you were of, of age did you find figwit to be as funny and and hot as everyone else I online didn't find him ho- i mean like i you know me like i find very few things hot like i'm, yeah. I'm just kind of a cold fish what about lava you find lava hot um i mean if i touched it i probably would find magma um, to be hot speaking as you know just like from a you know, third person heard it from a friend of a friend perspective. I think it might be hot, but I don't know. It's kind of an abstract hot? concept to me. Lava is a concept. Oh, okay. The sun is a concept. Okay, we don't believe in the sun around here. You, you know, you know, I, I was very much into Frodo. Okay. Um, I, 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 say, I wasn't really into Legolas or any of the elves. How do you feel as Figwit dressed as Frodo in that music video from Frodo Um, Conquers? much preferable. Okay, much preferable. Right. So yes. now, now I know where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, what do you have for me? Now, I talked about this a few weeks ago. Um. I got my guys, to quote Mark Maron. Not you got your guys, and you are forever loyal to your guys. My guys. 
WTF? Where are your guys? And I mentioned uh, my guys from the prequels. There's some that were just too dense and too too much of a story to tell to fit into an episode. I had to focus on three guys. So I'm doing a, a, a focus on an, a guy. <gasps> this and is Guy's Redux. Guy's part just two. Just a guy. Just Guy. Just a single guy. Just Guy. Um, Title this episode, please. Just and Guy. I'd like to introduce him uh, by some graffiti found in Mos Espa. Old Watto is a dirty bird. Hot pegats in his purse. His flippers stink like bantha curd. His breath smells even worse. Oh, you're doing Watto. Ryan. Yep. I always knew this day would come, and I was never yeah. exactly sure how I was going to react, because Watto is arguably one of the most offensive characters in Star Wars. What? Why? Apart, I mean, apart from Jar Jar's very existence what? is offensive. Why? And maybe apart also from the space Asians. What? Who? Um, Joanna, that's is, awfully racist. Oh, come now. Surely, you, as you what? were researching huh? Watto, you came across some huh? of this. What? Yeah, Watto's got some issues. He's kind of a bit problematic, but he's still one of my guys. Okay. Still one of your guys, huh? So Watto, he's a, as Wikipedia describes him, he is a male Toydarian junk dealer slash human trafficker who owned a shop in Mos Espa on Tatooine. And that's not even the thing we're talking about as problematic. No. That's not even the thing, you guys. Human trafficking, nah. He's got a lot going on. I think you'll find that he is completely justified in how he is. Oh, is he now? Maybe. You should tell him, because he's here right now. Hey, 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 hey. Oh my god, who invited you? Producer hey, Gollum, hey. did you set this up? No, we hates him. We hates him from college. How'd he find us? This is like the reason why we have an unlisted address. Hey, follow my nose. Hey, Were you and Producer Gollum roommates or something? What do you mean no, he hates you from no. college? We and Jaja were roommates. And Watto always tried to sell us drugs. Mmm, he seems like the kind of guy who would have been into boofing, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, Outlanders love a boofing, yeah, yeah, it's me, yeah, I'm a Toydarian, yeah. So, are you gonna tell us your story? God, no. Ryan, you tell the story, I can't listen to that voice this whole time. Well, I'll tell some of it, Wada, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's okay, yeah, Outlander, you talk, yeah. So, he's a Toydarian. Toydarians are a race of winged mammalian beings from the planet Toydaria, which is a world in hut space, so they're controlled by the huts. Strong-willed and resistant to manipulation of, the, of their minds through the force, the species produced a body odor similar to sweet spice. That's that stinky smell in the air right now. Hey, it's me! Hey, it's my body odor! Now, when they say sweet spice, do they yeah. actually mean, like... It smells good, offensively right? Offensively acrid? It's supposed to smell good and sweet. It doesn't to me. Sweet to whom? To a Toydarian. Mmm. With reputation for being stingy and bad-tempered, many Toydarians were possessed of a strong sense of pride in their work. Their main mode of pr- locomotion was the use of their wings on their upper back. As you can see, Wado's flying around the room right now. <laughs> flying around. Yeah, we don't have like high clearance on the ceiling because we record in uh, a half-height basement. So. Yeah, I can, I can fix that. Hey. Despite the frailty of their wings and the apparent heaviness of their large gut, Toydarians were remarkably buoyant. Indeed, Toydarian bodily tissue was extremely absorbent to natural gases in the air, which made them incredibly lightweight. Okay. Their wings could flap as fast as ten times a second, though effort burned up large amounts of energy, causing the species to need to replenish itself often through regular eating of mass quantities of food. In order to fuel this hyperactive metabolism, they would eat concentrated foods such as egg seeds. Egg seeds? Egg seeds. But eggs don't grow from seeds. Eggs come from ovaries. What the hell is an egg seed? Man, what's an egg but just like a chicken seed, right? Like, yes, but in that case, isn't egg seed redundant? No. Stupid. Most of the bloodiest wars in the history of Toydaria were fought over food supplies. 
Because okay. they'd eat all the dang time. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, the wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you about that. I mean, maybe if they didn't, maybe if you didn't have preposterously small wings for your body size, you'd be more efficient and you wouldn't need to eat so much. Yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. When I was a kid uh, in Toydaria, a famine was going around. Yeah. The food, the egg seeds weren't happening. Yeah, it was bad. So I joined uh, the Oshiki Confederacy Army. Okay. I was a child soldier, hey! How old were you at the time? I was a kid. Little baby toy daring, you know, little flappy wings, eh. So you joined the army for a good meal. Yeah, I did. Uh, well, actually, our whole thing was uh, poisoning the crops of others, eh. That's what the army did? The, yeah, the, this militant group I was part of, eh. Okay, so it wasn't an army, it was a militia. <laughs> yeah, militia, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was terrorism. No, 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 terrorism, no. Isn't it terrifying when people poison your crops? Not when we're the one doing it, hey! When the famine ended, hey, a war broke out, you know, because it happens, you know, we uh, we did kind of uh, poison all of their food, hey, you know. Uh, I survived the broken tusk and the crippled leg, but I got out! I was free! Nothing left to fight for! I uh, left Toydaria for Tatooine, hey! Nothing left to fight for? What were you fighting for in the first place? Food? Okay. And I got the food, and then I left. All right, got it. It's very easy to follow. You see, you're a man of ideals. Uh, yeah, Outlanders not understanding. So when I got to Tatooine, uh, I made friends right away. You know, I'm a very unpopular guy. Uh, the Jawas took me in as my friends. And I learned a lot from those guys. How did you make friends with Jawas? They taught me trading. They learned about how to steal junk. You know, the art of the deal, eh? Um, trading and stealing seem to be mutually <coughs> exclusive. Yeah, you know, it's just how you do things on Tatooine, right? So I set up shop in Mos Espa. I got a couple of slaves, you know, starter slaves. Started low, you know, worked my way up. Uh, once I did a few deals, I got a perch in my base, in my house, and I got a Toydarian clan bell, eh? You know that? No. What the hell is that? It's a bell that's only for uh, noble houses. You put it outside the noble house. You say, hey, this is a very important guy who lives here. But I got one. Uh, there are many words to describe you, but noble is not one I would use. No one in the most Esper needs to know this, eh? Right? Like, it's me. I'm a... I'm a did, did you never have any moral qualms about keeping living sentient creatures as slaves? Yeah, morals, uh, too expensive, eh? You know, I just, uh, I keep it loose, you know? Eh? I kept, I treat them good. Did you? Starter slaves, yeah. So in my stock, I had all kinds of stuff. I had objects of extreme value with many, many credits. And also scraps that not even the Jawas wanted. You know, I said everything. You know, it's just kind of my shop, right? You know, I got a good memory. I remember everything. I have a data pad to keep track of everything. But then I just remember it all. I say, hey, I got this, I got this, I got that. Yeah, as people come in and say, hey, I need this. I say, oh, I got that in the back. Hey, you know, that sort of thing. You know, sometimes I bring out my chance cubes to uh, do a bit of wagering with the Outlanders, What you is know? a chance cube? Just, like, dice? Yeah, you've seen it in the movie, right? Uh, the, the dice with the red bits and the blue bits. Oh, boy. I couldn't say I recall. He said, I would like to see my chance cube. I put up my chance cube and I show you, see? Why are you narrating in real time your actions? Uh, I, am, I look at the chance cube. It is indeed a chance cube. Now, the thing about these chance cubes, they loaded. I know exactly what a color going to come up. When I roll it. I wouldn't expect any less from you. Hey, yeah, you know, art of the deal, hey, right? The job has taught me you always do business with elf-worlders, you know, these outlanders, because you can con them so easy, especially with chance cubes. Hey. Well, yeah. sounds like you were doing a, a tidy, straightforward business. Yeah, you know, legitimate stuff, yeah. So real quick, Wad, I want to hop in here and read a sentence from your article that I thought was top-notch. 
Another of Wada's personal effects was his swagger stick. <laughs> yeah, my swagger stick! Yeah. What is that? You know, a swagger stick! You can't swagger, you're airborne, you fly. Yeah, you know, swagger stick! What's it do? That's why I got all this swagger, eh? Is it like a cane, or is it like a, like something you beat someone it's with? It's my like, swagger stick! Okay, so basically the article does not say what a swagger stick is. It's my swagger stick. Does eh? it appear in the film? Eh, no! What the hell? Where did they get this from? Swagger stick. You know what I think? Yeah. I think a swagger stick is a concept. Yeah, and you can't kill a swagger stick, eh? Right? Right? So I had family back at home on the dairy, and I said, no, 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 I'm going to cut all those losers out. The deadbeats, because they're going to come for my money. Because I make a lot of money from all my junk, right? Besides, between my lazy slaves, my Jawas stealing things from me, I couldn't catch a break. You know? Oh, yeah. You've had a really tough uh, go of it. Yeah, Tatooine's horrible. So why would I stay there, right? Why, why would you stay, stay there? on Tatooine? Well, it's really easy for you to cheat people there, and they look the other way when you have human slaves. Well, that's good, yeah. But also pod racing. I love a pod racing. Do you? I love it. I start betting on the races, you know? Gardula the Hutt, he throws these races, and I go and throw money at them, and I start collecting trophies from my nest, and I'm loving pod racing, right? It's a big deal for me. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Gardula's, right? And there's a race happening. And I see this kid. Little human kid. Slave. Three years old, maybe. And he's outside. And he's, he's working on this uh, moisture evaporator. I say, hey, kid. You're doing it all wrong. That part's not supposed to go there. It's supposed to go over there. And he goes, but I'm doing it right. I'm making it work better. And I said, oh, this kid, he got us some moxie, right? And I said, Gardula. So he's literally a toddler? Like a three-year-old. Like mechanical engineering? He's a genius. Uh-huh. In Gardula's next race, I said, Gardula. I win this race bet, I take that kid and his mama. And Gardula said, okay. And long story short, I got new friends, right? That's how I got Annie. For a given definition of the word friend. Annie and his mama Shmi. Out of the deal, eh? What did you intend to do with them? You know, I had starter slaves, gotta work my way up. I got a genius boy and his mom, you know? Easy, eh, out of the deal. Eh. I don't think I understand this art. No, no, it's a, it's a not, not a science, that's why. Yeah. So I'm such a nice guy, right? So I got, I got Annie, I got Shmi, and I give them their own hovel out on uh, Slave Quarters Row. Ooh, very generous of you. Yeah, they With appreciate it. a name it. like that. Slave Quarters Row is a great neighborhood for slaves. Hey, you know, I give them their own house. They love it. Yeah, they say, well, Wado, thank you so much for giving us a I house. I wouldn't expect uh, it to be the street for bankers, exactly. They love it. Although I've heard it's gotten quite gentrified in recent years. You know, but since I'm such a nice guy and I don't want them to, uh, you know, run away, I put uh, explosive chips in their brains. What is with Star Wars and them just putting chips in everyone's brains? You know, in case they appreciate it too much and they say, hey, I can do a better house down the street away from Slave Owners I'm Row. I'm sorry, say, so wait, how was Anakin able to go off with the Jedi then? Hey, we'll talk about that. It's one of my greatest failings of life, honestly, to have that happen to me. And how were they able to steal Shmi? Again, let me get to it. Okay. That's, that's a dark time in my life. I'd rather wait to get to it. Well, they just weren't very good chips. Let me talk about stuck. my story, okay? All right, continue. <coughs> Sorry, this air is very dry. Uh, you know, I, I'm tattooing. I keep the uh, the humidifier on, and uh, uh, it's very difficult to talk. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, so Annie, I teach him lots about fixing machines. He's a very good mechanic, and uh, he, when he talk back, I only beat him a little bit. Uh, you know, with my swagger stick. Uh, what the hell is a swagger stick? 
It's what I used to be to my slaves. Okay, eh? well, you, that's not what you said before. Just a little bit, though. He's my favorite slave, so, you know, he never even cry. I smack him with the stick. He's like, don't cry. That's I'm a, kind of more worrisome. A little creepy, eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, people bring in the broken droids. I say, kid, fix the droid. He fix him. And now I got gonks in my shop. I got pit droids in my shop. I got all kinds of stuff in my shop. Thanks to genius boy Annie. Yeah, my little golden boy. He makes the gold. You get it? Oh, that whoopee whoopee. Whoopee whoopee? The money, yeah. You know, if you go to the the, the, the gorgmonger, he's hey, I need a, you know, a frog. He's just, hey, take us three whoopee whoopee. Oh, that's the that's the, the currency. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. The public sound good out here, you know. I need something more real. No, I'm going to guess uh, Anakin didn't enjoy many of the fruits of his own labors. What do you mean? He's happy. He gets to fix a droid. He gets to make a, bo- a gonk walk around. Hey, he's just, you know, he finds joy in his work. Does he? Yes. How can you tell? Because he's my favorite little guy. Hey. We love him. Hey, I only beat him a little. Hey. Yeah, it's good, right? So I even start, like, I, gi- I give him bits now and then. I'm such a nice guy. I say, hey, take these pieces, right? So he takes these uh, these 620C racing engines. I say, hey, boy, what you going to do with those, right? The big engines. You can't do anything with engines. You know, what are you going to do with those? Blast womp rats or something? Eh, you know. eh, speaking of womp rats, eh, they kept the chewing on my junkyard. I go in there and they're chewing all the wires and everything. So I set up traps for them. Sure, sure. Humane ones, I'm sure. But, you know, I'm a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. I don't have time to check the traps. You know, so, uh, that's okay, because I prefer them to starve to death anyway. Humanitarian is that I'm a good guy, right? So, uh, so, anyway, Golden Boy Annie, turns out he's uh, really good at pod racing. You know, that's my thing. It's pod racing, right? So, one time we were at this bar, and, uh, I had a bit of a disagreement with some guys at the bar, and we get in a bit of a fight, and everyone's fighting in the bar, and Annie... He comes out without a scratch. He's dodging every blow like he's in the Matrix or something, Wow. Right? And I said, this kid, he's going to be a pod racer someday. It's also possible that just nobody bothered to punch a little kid. Oh, they were trying. The Why was everybody trying to punch a five-year-old? It's the bowl cut, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, if I was to punch a five-year-old, it would probably be him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You say he was your favorite little guy. Uh, absolutely. I love him. I beat him up all the time. Yeah. You said so- you only beat him a little bit. But he's very punchable, eh? Not that I have to agree with you, yes. So I say, hey, you know, I'm going to make him a pod racer. His mom says, no, he's going to get hurt out there, eh? But I say, too bad. And then to be honest, he kind of sucked at first. But I go out to the pod races and I say, hey, this kid Annie, he's really good. And everyone puts all their money on Annie. But me, I put my money on Sebulba. Why did everybody believe you? Because I'm a... You've proven yourself to be an extremely distrustworthy fellow. I got charisma. Are the... you? Art of the deal, eh? Quit saying art of the deal <laughs> like it means something. Those words mean nothing. So they're on like a 32 BBY, right? Uh, Annie and Saboba are racing and, and the kid, he clashed with my freaking pod. And I say, hey kid, what are you doing that for? I give him what for. I say, hey, what you doing out there? And Golden Boy Annie say, oh, Saboba cheats. And I say, you gotta cheat more out there, little man. What are you doing? You gotta be cheating more. So I put him to work. Fix that pod. Yeah. A week later, these outlanders show up to my shop. They say, hey, there's an old man, there's a lady, a little asthmic droid, and maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I, I know what that was. Floppy ears, long tongue, voice like a demon, and I hate this immediately. You mean uh, Gollum's ex-roommate. Oh, boy, boy, boy! Nobody is inviting yeah. you, Jar Jar. It's Mr. Jar Jar Pink, 
Thanks. If you're here, I, I ask you not to be here. Don't be here. Oh, my, my, what? The Misa love you. No, well, I'm sorry. Hey, Jar Jar, get out of here. Hey. Get the hell out, Jar You're a nightmare from hell. Hey, God's mistake. Hey, hey, hey. You are literally the most deplorable thing to okay. ever walk the earth. Misa, just stay over here, okay? No, not over there. Out. Out of this building. Okay. Misa, go outside then. Hate that guy. Restraining order. Hate him. He's on the show one time, and he has been messaging me on LinkedIn every day since then. LinkedIn is not even where you like go for social interaction. I don't know what he thinks he's doing. He like just sends me pictures of his lunch. He's got like a block of that guy. Yeah. I, I've tried. With I've a tried. bullet. I don't know hey. a bullet. I agree with you. See, Wado, on some things you and I can agree. Out of the deal, eh? That's not... Oh, okay, yeah, if that's what you want to call it. So anyway, old guy, Qui-Gon, he said, hey, I need a hyperdriver for my ship. And I say, hey, it's going to cost you lots of money. He said, no, it's not going to cost me any money. So he's waving his hand around. I say, yes, it's going to cost you money. He's a Jedi. He's a freaking idiot. Doesn't work on me. Only money. Works Wait, on is that true? Jedi mind tricks don't work on you? Weren't you listening? He was talking about the Yeah, hey, the force don't work on us. Only money. Interesting. Only money. Ah. So you know this, right, about Qui-Gon? You've seen episode one, right? You've yeah, seen, yes, you seen yes, this? Yes, yes, yes. So you know this part a little bit, right? As he say, let any race, and if you win the race, you get my ship, and if I win, uh, you know, any win, then uh, I get to take uh, any and uh, his mom. And I say, well, not both of them slaves. How about a chance cube to see who you're really going to get? And this is my loaded chance cube. And I say, I'm going to definitely get Annie. Comes up blue, I get Annie. I get to keep him. He takes his useless mother. And then it's good. I get my golden boy forever, right? And I roll it. And it goes red instead. And I say, what? Well, you might be immune to Jedi mind tricks. but Dirty chicken. Cheating Jedi pig dog. Anyway, long story short. Kid wins. Quagon gets Annie. There. Yeah, yeah. So he he cheated at dice so that he could take uh, an enslaved child away from his mother. But that wasn't going to stop old Watto. No, 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 no. Because he's still on Tatooine. He's fixing his ship, all right? So I'm going to say, I'm going to get uh, Annie back. And so Gardula comes to me and says, Hey, remember that boy you bought from me? The the, the inventor kid, right? And I, he, he say, I want that kid back because he's a good racer. And I say, well, let me think about it. Let me get back to you on that. And I say, oh, I got to get that kid back. Gardula's going to buy him for a lot of money. Sure. And so uh, I uh, I hire these guys, some uh, some thugs, you might say. To I, do, I, I almost certainly would to say. To do, uh, you know, some convincing of the Jedi man. And so I think, okay, my slave is coming back. These guys going to beat that old man up. But then who comes to my shop later? Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. Unharmed. Mm-hmm. And he say, he say, hey, remove the explosive chip from Annie so we can leave the planet. And I say... Okay, let me just open this a drawer and deactivate it. And I got a gun in there and I pull it out. And I say, hey. And he say, I did the same thing to your old friends at the... You wouldn't want to see what happened to them at the hangar. They're not coming back. You know, and I say... So he murdered everybody. Uh, maybe. Cheated at dice to steal a child from his mom and also murdered everybody. So, I'm really uh, not sure to root for this you know, story. And while I was doing the math in his head, and he say, I don't want to do this. I don't want this to happen to me. So I say, okay, okay, okay. So I deactivate Annie's chip. Sometimes you got to fold, eh? You know? Now, a question. Was, yeah. was Qui-Gon not aware that you were immune to Jedi mind tricks? Because it seems like he tried to use them multiple times. He used it once. It did not work on me. He tried to use it again. It didn't work on me. Yeah. Yeah. Just one time. So then he, he pulled out his, his trump card, which is, you know, I just murdered. All That's his trump card, yeah. You know, he's got the art of the deal. No, hey. I, I will kill people. Uh, yeah, I will yeah, kill yeah, people. yeah, yeah. He's a murderer. Hey. So uh, anyway, uh, after that, I sold... 
the old padre said that Annie drove to Sebulba. Made some money there. So, silver lining to this crappy cloud. I suppose so. Things that weren't so good after that. Because everyone in the wallow got beat by an outlander in his wagers, and so my reputation is ruined. I lost to my favorite little boy. And worst of all, I couldn't find my chance cube. Oh, God, well... The worst of all... God knows, you're never going to be able to get another set of dice. So with the kid gone, uh, I realized how much work he did around the shop. Between complaining and being annoying, I... Around then, I had this recurring nightmare every night when I go to sleep, in which two heavy weights are keeping me down. I'm trying to fly to the top of a pile of gold, and there's these big weights holding me down. And on one weight, it says, other people's incompetence. Another weight says, my own rotten luck. That's like a very, very symbolic dream. Bunch of deadbeats. There's eh? symbolism there's very pat. Like, there's not much, uh, yeah. Who's to say Waddle's not a poet in his mind, eh? I don't know if it's a pie. It's very literal, Watto. It's it's very it's very on the nose. Eh, uh, but are not a poet, eh? So speaking of deadbeats, eh, uh, that kid's mom, she didn't take this so good. You know, this boy got taken away to outer space. Actually, I'm surprised her son took it so well. You know? I, I already they probably, t- Honestly, like, they probably should have seen from the beginning he's a little bit of a sociopath. I wasn't there for that, uh, but I'm sure he was crying his little eyes out. Mm, I don't know. I didn't show that part if he did. Okay. So I helped her pay for a message to the Jedi Council. I said, I'm a nice guy. I'm going to send a message to the Jedi Council for you. And we hear back that uh, Qui-Gon bites the dust. Mm-hmm. I say, oh, gosh, that's terrible. How's Annie? And they don't respond. And Shmi gets more and more sad. And I say, oh, great. This girl, is she going to run away? She going to blow herself up? So I secretly deactivated the chip in her head. Oh, uh, well, that... Is? No, I mean, like, you were really only worried about losing merchandise, but... You know, I don't want my property getting exploded after being sad, uh, you know, so, uh... Yeah, you're real sweetheart. It's called an investment for the future. You're real sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, these moisture farmers start coming in. His name is Klieg Lars, okay? He starts coming by my shop, and he's buying things every day. And every day he comes in, Shmi's talking to him. And every day she gets a little happier. I say, oh, this is weird. Uh, this man trying to talk to my slave. Eh? I say, hey. So anyway, he come by one day, and he say, I want to trade uh, my car, my land speeder... For Shmi. He says, hey, what do I look like? Some kind of floppy and swamp nightmare. And, uh... Well, yeah. Oh, that's Misa! It's Misa! Yeah, no, I told you to stay outside. Actually, I told you to... I mean, like, you should... I think there's a law that says you can't be within 1,500 feet of not just a school, but also my house. I'm pretty sure they oh. have that on as a rider. Muy, muy. Yeah, Misa know about restraining orders. Misa have a few of them. Yeah, so you should leave. Okay, day. The police are probably en route. Oh, muy, muy. That, that little sensor on your ankle probably alerted them. Oh, Pudu. I better get out of here. Thank you. Uh, I hate that guy. Yeah, I'm not a fan myself. Pervert, eh? So anyway, this Klee guy keeps coming back day after day saying, I'll give you more for Shmi. I'll give you this for Shmi. And honestly, at this point, he's offering more than she's worth. Okay? As far as Water's concerned. He's giving us way more than he's worth. But I keep, but you know, it's one of these things where it's like, you know, he's offering more and more and I just keep saying, no, 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 no. I keep saying no every day. But you know it's going to get higher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I want to get more and more and more. Uh, so eventually, I start taking Shmi on tours. I say, we're going to go see what a moisture farm is like. She's like, I want to go live on a moisture farm. And I say... It's hard out there, okay? Moisture moisture farming is hard work. Not fun. You have much more fun as a slave for me. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she's having a blast. Way more fun. You know, I give you a house on Slave slave Quarter Row. I mean, come on. Swankiest neighborhood in town. Honestly, hey. And so eventually Shmi say, Hey, sell me the clay. It's okay. It's fine. I want to be a moisture farmer. I say, no. 
You're never gonna see that guy again. Ever. So I say, okay, so done. Fine. It's gonna get a little bit possessive, don't you think? She's my property, eh? Hey. Uh, yeah, but he's like offering you more than she's worth in trade. Art of the deal, eh? Hey. What kind of art is that? Oh, God. God. So later on, this young fella come in, he say, hey, you got a needle ship? And I say, oh, of course I got the needle ship, but uh, he's missing a lens, a tobo lens. And the fellow say, well, I just so happen to have a tobo lens. And I say, oh, interesting. And he say, what do you want for that tobo lens? I'll give you all kinds of stuff. I got this engine just came in. I got that droid. And he say, no, no, no. Uh, I want that slave you got, that lady. Hmm. And honestly, this lens worth like three times as much as Shmi. Yep, yep, okay. yep, Okay, yep, so yep. I say, all right, fine, yeah, thank you, yeah, it's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it turns out, he's a boy, his name is Owen Lars, he's the son of Klieg. Hey, I got, oh, I got, I got, got, I got, got, hey. And so then I hear he frees her, and then he marries her, and I say, I'm not dealing with slaves no more. I mean, you say you got, got, you still got something that was worth three times her in value. Yeah, but the art of the deal, hey. Anyway. In 22 BBY, I get this visitor. It's this Jedi come in my shop. And I say, who's this hell glass of water? Who this man? It's Annie, baby. Golden boy returns to my shop. Hey, and he says, hey, where's my mom going? I say, hey, I went to Klee Glars. It's this whole thing. And you ask me to stay for a bit. And I sit down, have a bit of my, uh, smoke a pipe with me or whatever. And uh, he said, no, I got to go. And, you know, I'm sure he was just thinking the whole time, like, oh, man, I miss this place. It's so bad. You know, it's such good times. Sure. You ever wonder why it took him so many years to come back for his mom? No, no. I thought he was just busy, you know, ripping off people like me out of the Jedi, so I you know? I was pretty sure that was, like, ten years. Yeah, yeah, we had the good times, though. He's probably like, oh, you know, fun, fun times in the shop. Yeah, I get to fix the droids. really, really morally remiss of the Jedi to not try it. I mean, they're benefiting from her child. Yeah, 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 you know, it's a bit I messed just don't up, right? I understand why they just kind of washed their hands of that whole situation. So what you're saying is that the Jedi are the real enemy, and Waddle's the hero, right? Uh, no, that doesn't follow that you're the hero. Oh, okay, okay. I just think everybody in Star Wars is a stupendously bad person. Oy, yeah, totally. Not me, though. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Anyway, after that, I continue to run my shop uh, all through the Clone Wars, uh, into the Galactic Civil War, and eventually I pass the shop on to my assistant, uh, W. Wald, who, if you remember, is that little little spaghetti who wrote that uh, that uh, graffiti about me yeah. on the wall. Yes, yeah. It does, you know, it doesn't sound like he's a fan. I'm a little bit surprised. And, uh, you know, uh, that's it. That's my life. So what, you just, like, lived out your retirement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what are you doing these days? Like, restoring classic cars, watching Fox News? You-, uh, you know, I'm kind of working on a bit of a, a, a jizz career, you know? Oh, uh, I, I wish I, it wasn't say, called that. Music career. Uh, I uh, wish it wasn't called that. Okay, so what instrument do you play? Uh, the only instrument I got in my beautiful voice, eh? Yeah, you don't even play an instrument that you're not a real jizz whaler. I hate to say it, but you're just a poser. I'm the wailing part, you know, I do the wailing. Do you want to hear a song? I don't want to, but I guess for the purposes of the flow of this podcast, I should just say yes. Peace, <laughs> Charles. It sucks enough to put it in. Yeah, wow, this song sounds familiar, buddy. Uh, you know, I'm doing a bit of a cover, you know, my own version. A four non Yeah. 25 years of my life and still... Trying to fly up that great big hill of gold Without the satisfaction 
I realized quickly when I knew I should that my world was weighed down by the incompetence of my slaves. And the Stephen Jawas. Hey. I ask why sometimes when I lie in my nest why I'm still not rich when my shop's the best and I, I'm feeling like it's not really my fault. Yeah. And so I wake in the morning and I fly outside and I take a deep breath and I get real high. Scream for the top of my lungs, waddles going on. <laughs> and I say, Hey, 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 what is going on? I really hate it. <laughs> and I say, hey, 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 I say, hey, what is going on? Hmm. Come in my shop, then we'll buy nothing. Hey, why'd they come in? Hey, Eddie, sweep the floor. Hey, fix the probe droid. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, and I try. Oh my god, do I try? I try all the time to pedal these bits and bobs, and I pray. Oh my god, do I pray? I pray every single day. My slaves do their damn jobs. And I ask why sometimes when I lie in my nest while I'm still not rich when my shop's the best and I I'm feeling like it's not really my fault. Hey. And so I wake in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep breath. I get real high and I scream from the top of my lungs, Waddle's going on! And I say, hey, 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 I say, hey, Waddle's going on, hey. I can pulse that, <laughs> You know what? It sounds like Tom Waits, if uh, if Tom Waits was profoundly untalented. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, the jizz whaler uh, Tom Waits. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for gracing us with that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm not sure my listeners will echo that sentiment of gratitude, but... They're gonna love it, eh? Yeah, know? sure. Yeah. This is content everybody's asking for. Thank you for having me Why on. Why don't you do a cover of Four Non Blonde? It's not a cover. It's my own song. It's my yeah, own arrangement. Yeah, uh, uh, you said it was a cover. Uh, take Jar Jar with you, please. Uh, he's no. Still, he's actually licking the window right now, which is vaguely obscene. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really, really uh, hey. just sort of sexually menacing, and I want him out. He's repulsive, hey. Yeah. All right. I mean, you're not so appetizing yourself. I think I look like a snack, hey. No, no, oh, no. All right. Anyway, thank you for having me on. Is that good enough? Am I going to get paid for this? Oh my god, no. Nobody gets paid for this. You we said there'd be whoop, whoopies involved. What do you mean there's no whoopie whoopies? Who said that? I didn't say that. I, I did kind of say there were whoopie whoopie whoopies involved. Why, you lied, didn't you? Because uh, I'm not giving this guy anything. Uh, Here's a Jolly Rancher I found stuck to the underside of this table. Ooh, hey, hey, there hey. There you go. Enjoy. One man's get junk, out. another man's treasure. Hey, Outlander's going to love this uh, Jolly Rancher. Hey, thank you. Goodbye.
were you thinking inviting him here? I mean, the place stinks now. I'm sorry. It's it stinks. Like it, the whole thing stinks. The air stinks. His cover of Fournon Blonde stinks. Again, I don't think it was a cover. It's more of an arrangement that he wrote himself. But that's what he claims. But it sounded vaguely familiar. I'd call it a parody or a... oh sure yeah it's under parody law. It wasn't very good though. No, it was. It was no. It was wretched. It was wretched. Anyway. That's Watto's life story. I can share a little bit about behind the scenes. Sure. I have a, an early sketch of Watto. I thought was kind of funny. Ha! I like that, actually. So he's a big fat guy. Uh, he originally is going to have uh, tentacles on his face and have a cigar. He also has like a cute, just like cute little chubby little face. Yeah, he's got a chubby little face and this, he's got a little beak. He's supposed to be kind of like a bird originally. He's going to have mm. feathers and stuff. Fun thing I learned is that since the character spoke so frequently and they already had enough trouble trying to lip sync Jar Jar, they made it so that... One of his tusks is broken, so he talks out of one side of his mouth all the time. They made that to make it easier on the animators to just animate one side of his mouth. Uh-huh. That's kind of funny. The sound of his wings flapping, it's Ben Burt opening and closing an umbrella. Oh, okay. Yep. I, can, I can see it, yeah. Again, Ben Burt, the sound wizard of Star Wars. Do you want to address the problematic aspect of his nature? Now, people have noted that Watto is either, like, he's like a very clear, he's a big-nosed guy who... Only cares about money, and not to say that this is something I believe, but... It's such an Italian stereotype. Italian, I've heard... I, it's so offensive to Italians. I can't, I just can't Are you joking? Um, no, I really, really think it's offensive to, you know, all those spaghettos out there. Oh god, Joanne, you can't say that. I was gonna say it's more... Uh, people have compared it to a Jewish stereotype. Or even like an Arabian stereotype. Wait, what? Where are people getting that from? The voice actor claims he was doing an Italian accent. But oh, okay, so he actually was, I was joking, he actually was trying yeah, to be Italian? Yeah, eh, I don't think that really came across. It didn't really carry. Uh, the fact he was on a desert planet and stuff, this is like a lot of icky lot of sort of- it all combined to make it not it d- so good. Just like Jar Jar's a little bit of a Jamaican pastiche sort of thing. It's He's bad. He's Jamaican me crazy. So anyway, Watto is problematic, but end of the day, he's a real crappy guy, and I think that makes him- Fun to learn about because he's one, he's of, one my, of your guys. One of my guys. One of your guys. Yep. Well, thank you for teaching me about another one of your guys, Ryan. Well, thank Watto. Uh, next time you see him, he did all the teaching. Well, no, I'm not going to thank him. Okay, you don't have no, to. I'm not going to speak to him. I'm going to pretend actually that we've never met. I'm he's, just going to pretend I didn't see him, to be honest. He's really gross. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, at the end of the day, he was a former child soldier. I don't care. Okay. I mean, as maybe you could justify something. He had a hard, hard upbringing. Nah, I really don't care. Okay. What a way to go. What well, a you way know what's to coming go. next. What's that? It's the hot, the hot, the hot, the hot, the hottest take. Yeah, so this piece going to be kind of a an old a, a double up on the hottest takes because I didn't get around to up- uploading the poll. Wait, you didn't? Well, I, I was going to do it like on Thursday and then I was like, well, we're going to have an episode in like two days. So we might as well have a big double poll blowout. All right. Is that okay with you? That's fine. I like how we name it Double Pool Blowout. Like, it's like some special event we came up, but actually, we're just like two ways. Double Pool Blowout. Double Blowout. So, what do you got? All right. This is a doozy. You ready? Yep. This comes to us courtesy of a user called Baron Von Richthofen. Okay. Who is terrible. He posted this terrible opinion. In actually 2014, it was of March 27th. This is a recent month. Uh, much more recent than anybody really should be on this message board. Because, okay. Because uh, this message board is from like 2000. But uh, this is a very important opinion for him to share. Let's apparently. hear it. So here goes. I'm going to read it. 
The glaring difference in appearance from the films and books, however, is pure Hollywood, i.e. they don't want the spares to upstage the stars, so they pick some so-so looking actors for the spares and then beat them with the ugly stick while pretty boys fill the main roles. For example, Frodo was expressly described as being fat at the outset, while Sam looked like a dwarf in shape, i.e. stout and strong as well as brown skin and pale plain faced. But instead, the movie picks a pretty boy for Frodo, almost a pretty girl in looks. Ooh. Meanwhile, the fat guy plays Sam, who is also relatively fair and good-looking. Likewise, Boromir and Faramir were the best-looking men anywhere, but Wenham and Bean? Not so much, with their grubby hobo appearance and cartoon-like big noses. This is clearly to make Vigo look good by comparison, when he's short, scrawny, and balding with bad teeth. Yikes. So PJ breaks out the ugly stick and makes the big-nosed brothers into a couple pinatas, and a star is born. Likewise, Miranda Otto was chosen to play Eowyn, despite her being described as more beautiful than any women in Gondor, and like to Finduilas, who was of elven descent. And where Boromir and Faramir got their looks, in contrast, Odo, dot dot dot, doesn't exactly measure up to that description. This was clearly to make the donkey-faced Liv Tyler look good in comparison. Oh my gosh. I guess Sarah Jessica Parker wasn't available. <laughs> and of course, the evil characters are hideous, when in reality, in the book, they're fairly good-looking and charismatic. But of course, Hollywood has to put a lampshade on it, as the trope goes, and so Grima becomes uglier than Gollum, Saruman is Dracula and white, and the mouth of Sauron is too horrible for words. But this is standard in films. For example, in Harry Potter, Flora de la Clure was not nearly as good-looking in the movie as in the book. This guy's a pervert. This was clearly to avoid upstaging the female leads, like Hermione, who was likewise described in the book as being fairly plain-looking. That's a bad post. Again, this is due to missing context. Book Galadriel was about six foot four and impossibly beautiful, i.e. beyond any supermodel. Meanwhile, Kate Blanchett, dot dot dot, isn't. And we'll leave it at that. This guy sucks. So this guy's take is that everybody in the movie is like, way either way too ugly or way too pretty. See, all the main people are pretty, except when they're not pretty. His argument really falls apart. All the women like. are hideous. And um, all the men are either hideous or way too pretty and girlish. No. I mean, ipso facto, he's kind of extradicing people like Figwit, isn't he? Yeah. So he's definitely not a main. He's, he's, he's not a main. He's definitely not a main. He filled it. Yeah. And it says that PJ filled the background with like really ugly spares. So he would he would definitely think that Figwit was was plain looking. Yikes. Like, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker. Nay. Like, she's, she's like a donkey. She's like a isn't horse. That hilarious? Isn't that a hilarious thing to say in 2014? Isn't that a new and fresh thing to say? Meanwhile, the teenage wizard from Harry Potter wasn't hot as I imagined her in the book. Her breasts weren't nearly as perky, and I didn't want to lick honey off her navel. Sucks. Yeah. So this guy is awful, and to their credit, a lot of other users on this board straight up called him awful. I mean, 2014, that's a little bit late to have you that opinion. I feel like that's a real hot take from like 2003 or something. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, it's 2014. 2014, he is horrifically sexist, has extremely skewed perspective. I mean, like, how bad do you think this guy looks? I mean, I don't want to judge the guy, but if his personality matches his, his opinions... triple he, bagger. He's a, I mean, yeah. Quadruple bagger. He's, like, he's basically like, I mean, yeah, a lot of bags not involved that with looks, this guy. Not that looks matter, because they don't, but there'd be a, you'd have to put a lot of bags on this guy. I guess he's either going to be like a, a, a quadruple bagger, or he's going to be like a guy who just like works out constantly and is like a real high opinion of how he looks. And then, yeah. and then and also for some reason thinks he's the authority on like who is and isn't attractive. Right. So yeah, he's either going to be like a, like a very, like, like a, some kind of basement troll, or he's going to be like a, a gross... Pickup artist type, uh, like, quote unquote, hot guy who's not really, I mean, he's just, he thinks he's hot, sort of thing. That's my guess. He's, I mean, 
But he's posting on Lord of the Rings message board, so he's definitely the first in one. In 2014. So yeah. he's definitely the first one. Also, he's a chode. Yeah. This guy is just like a major league chode. That's a bad opinion. Yeah, that's a bad opinion. So that's my hot take. Everybody in the movies is too pretty or too ugly. My hot take's a little shorter because it's just a... Um, it's just the title of the thread. There was no post that came after <laughs> no. it. It was, just, it was just empty post. How do you keep finding these? These abandoned threads. Well, this is one where they didn't even type a, a post afterwards. There's some responses to it, but they just have the title. It's just, just uh, you know, they basically have like the title of the thread, then no subject. All right. And the title of the thread is, does anyone else think that Boba Fett's outfit looks like it's covered in bird crap? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Did anybody respond yes? No. <laughs> <laughs> so does anyone think it looks like Boba Fett's covered in shit? And the answer is a resounding no. People were like, I could kind of see it. But no, that's like battle scar, battle scoring from like you know blaster bolts and stuff. I people even bothered to respond. There was to one that. guy who was like, actually, I don't look at the Return of the Jedi. He's kind of covered in bird crap, isn't he? Whose ass nine comment? People feel the need to take it seriously. Yep. yep. Oh that was from two thousand three, and a and a thread started by Sith Killer. You know um, what? It's, it's a work of intellectual genius compared to what underwear would everyone. Wear. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I agree. I think succinct to the point. And extra stupid. Yes. So that's the kind of take I want to include this week. So last week, if you remember, we had the takes that Legolas is a poopy pansy and that Leia might wear a thong. This week, we have the opinion that everyone is either too ugly or too beautiful and Arwen looks like a donkey and Boba Fett's armor is covered in bird crap. Yep. And that's what we got. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, so for uh, if you want to vote on the hottest take, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter, Just... you can't vote on Twitter. Oh, Twitter Remember, sucks. I told you about the, you can't type it. Longer. That's right. Twitter sucks. So, All right, so you have to do it on Facebook. Sorry, guys. Um, so just search What's Lightsabers Precious. I guarantee you will be the only thing that comes up. You can also email us at What's Lightsabers Precious at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you can visit us online at our homepage, www.whatslightsabersprecious.com. We got to update that with some some figwits and some some pictures and stuff and we also got to put actual episodes up on there because we're a few episodes behind we're all many episodes behind but that's okay you know i try my best i have a full-time job i am not a professional podcaster a lot of those podcasters you listen to out there that like post a lot of content first of all they have like um producers and, and helpers and stuff sure. that do it and second yeah. of all like yeah. it's their full-time job so yeah yeah we have a producer but he doesn't do anything he's useless yeah. he's not even like officially on the payroll he's just this guy he like squats basically he squats and watches us yeah. right. squats and watch yeah he's doing it right now it's very creepy it's let's okay. go um bye everybody thanks for listening have a good one hot walks we'll talk to you next week right, not next week. we won't next week because we're gonna be gone for like three weeks oh yeah we forgot to tell you guys this we're gonna be in japan for two and a half weeks yeah so we're gonna miss like a few weekends here i might bring our recorders if, if i was thinking i was thinking maybe we, we could if we see any star wars lord of the rings latest stuff while we're out and about in in like uh the places we're going so yeah so we're gonna be gone a little few weeks but that's okay we have lots of old episodes you can listen to uh and remember how much fun they were and uh how much less funny we are now um it's getting less and less funny by the day yep so bye everybody miss you bye sayonara matinee bye